show you, I'm gonna show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What is up, my happy lifers? Or should I say, hey, happy lifers? Guess it all depends on which side of the football you are on today. It is the day after the Super Bowl. Well, that's when this will be published anyway. Um, but I'm at uh, a little bit of a conundrum here because my time machine isn't working. Great Scott! Great Scott! I know, this is heavy. I had to record this before the Super Bowl happened to be posted the day after the Super Bowl. And uh, so my guess is that we got three different types of people here. We got those that are super jazz pumped, excited, super happy. We have those who are struggling, those who are testing that concept of you can be happy no matter what your circumstances are <laughs> that aren't doing so well. And then we probably have a third category of of people who don't even care. And I'm not even sure that's because of the Super Bowl either. <laughs> I think our country might kind of be in those three categories, actually. But if, if your team lost, which I don't know which team it was, like I said, my time machine is broken, you're probably thinking, oh boy, uh, do not turn this off yet. I know what it's like when my team has lost the Super Bowl and you don't even want to talk about the Super Bowl. You just want it to get done. Well, there's going to be some happy news in here. There's going to be some good news in here. So if your team lost, hang in there and stick with us. I love the fact that um, the Super Bowl is a patriotic Super Bowl this year, which I think is very fitting the way our country is kind of in turmoil right now um, with politics and everything. I mean, you, you can't get much more patriotic than having the New England Patriots playing Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, you could argue if your team was in there, you could find a way to make that patriotic. But seriously, it doesn't get much more patriotic than that, you know. Um, the Patriots have been in like 700 Super Bowls now or something like that. And the Eagles have been in two. Actually, the Eagles have been in six, well, four championship games before they called it the Super Bowl. Because, you know, they didn't start calling it a Super Bowl until 1966 or 67, something like that. So I think that's cool that it was such a patriotic game, first of all. Um, but I have an interesting story to tell of one of the championship games that the Eagles were in before it was called Super Bowl. It was the 1948 championship game. It was one of the worst weather games ever played. There was so much snow that they were giving away free tickets. If you just brought a shovel and would help them shovel off the field and shovel the stands and everything, if you brought your own shovel, you got into the championship game <laughs> for free. Uh, the tarp that was covering the field was full of so much snow that the grounds crew could not get it off the field. So they had to bring out both teams, all the players to come out and help them move the tarp 
off the field. In fact, it wasn't that spectacular of a game except for the fact that the snow was so crazy. The weather was so bad, the blizzard conditions. Um, I mean, the, the refs had to guess where the out-of-bounds was, where the first down markers were. The field was piled with snow. Um, the morning of, the coach of the of the Eagles called up Steve Van Buren, who was the guy that actually scored the only touchdown of the game. It was only 7 nothing, and that's that touchdown wasn't scored until like five minutes into the fourth quarter. But Van Buren almost didn't even make that touchdown because he was called by his coach that morning. And so he called up Steve and said, uh, you coming to the game today? And Steve said, uh, they're not going to have that game today, you know, because the weather was so bad. And he says, you know what? It's it's the championship game. You you probably should try to make it. So he decides to come and he gets in his car, can't get his car out of the driveway. The snow is so bad. So he takes a bus down to the L train, takes the L train down to City Hall where he gets on the subway, gets off the subway and has to walk six blocks in the blizzard to get to the game. And then he actually wins by scoring the only touchdown. Now, the thing I find interesting about that is, remember when the Super Bowl used to be a game? I mean, could you imagine if we asked all the players playing in the Super Bowl, please come out and um, push the tarp? Could you imagine the the uproar that that would cause, the people that would complain? There'd probably be a lot of players that would love it, but how many of them would, would take a knee? Oh, no, he did not! <laughs> Sorry, just had to go there. But could you imagine giving away free Super Bowl tickets if people would just bring their shovels and to have the star running back that scores the only touchdown not even wasn't wasn't even going to come to the game except that his coach called him and talked him into it I mean (laughs) that's that's when when it used to be a game it's it's not as much a game anymore as it's an it's an institution well don't get me wrong I mean it's still a game but we forget it's a game we've made it bigger than just a game I mean even if you don't like who's ever playing in the in the Super Bowl, you love watching just for the commercials, right? And all the millions and millions and millions of dollars and the, and everything that that goes on at a Super Bowl, it's it's become larger than just a game. And I think that sometimes that can be a scary place in life. In fact, I think that's one of the enemies of happy is when things get larger than what they actually are. It reminds me of when we were first invented, we were first created, when when God made humans, he made them to just be with him in the garden. And um, God would just show up and hang out with Adam and Eve in the garden. That's all it was. But man, this thing that we call a relationship with God has become a religion. It's become a, a, a bigger than, than just having a, a friendship with God. And that blows my mind anyway, just thinking... You could have a relationship with God, the creator of the universe. I mean, but that's why he made us because he wanted a relationship with us. But we've forgotten that and we've made this thing bigger than what it is. I mean, Christianity has become an institution. It's become bigger than God walking through the garden of our lives with us, asking us how we're doing. Even the way we pray, it's so formal. We make it all about connecting at a at a church service and, and, and then, you know, oftentimes forget God the rest of the week, but God wants to go to coffee with us. I mean, if it were to happen today, I mean, God would be waiting at the Starbucks for us to show up. God would be, be showing up at the mall wanting to walk around with us. God would be waiting to walk around our block with us. God would just, he just wanted to hang out. It was just simply a relationship. 
you know, speaking of the NFL, there's always a guy, at least when I was growing up, with a with a big old red, white, and blue afro holding a sign, John 316. And I wonder how many people know what that even was and how many people didn't. Of course, back then, uh, you know, the, the country was much more quote-unquote Christian. I mean, everyone said they were Christians, so a lot of people probably understood um, what that was. But I'm sure there was a lot of people that didn't. John 316 is actually a verse in the Bible that says, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would never perish, but they have everlasting life. In other words, when they pass from this life into the next, they live forever. We live with God forever. All the drama is gone. All the rules and regulations are gone. It's just us hanging out with God. That's the original. That's the plan. God made us to hang out with us, but we have made it so much bigger and so much more complicated than what it really is. And whenever you make something bigger than what it is, more complicated than what it is, it will steal away your happy. We tend to think God is disappointed with us because we can't live up to those rules, and no one can live up to those rules. What is a perfect Christian? I mean, how many hours of the Bible do you have to read a day before you're the perfect Christian? How many non-sins, how many days do you have, you know, when you go into the into the factory and they've got, or the store or whatever, and they've got the sign that says so many days without an accident. How many days without sin? You know, boy, what's a perfect Christian look like? You know, I have never seen that person. I've never found that guy. And it makes me think that, that person doesn't exist. But in our mind, it's about jumping through all these hoops and it's about performing this way. And if you're living in America, and you listen to this, um, we live in a consumer-based society, which is all about performance. It's all about consumption. It's all about more and getting more and doing more and being better and being bigger. And I, I don't have a problem with trying to make ourselves better, but God simply wants to show up in our lives, in our world. And it's not about all the things that we have made it about. The reason I found all that information about Van Buren was because I was watching Invincible, you know, that movie with Mark Wahlberg about Vince Papali, uh, the guy who tried out, you know, off the streets, tried out for the Eagles. And so he's ready to quit and says, I'm not doing any good. I'm, I'm blowing it here. The Eagles weren't winning any games. And he's sitting on the front porch of his dad's Philadelphia house, apartment, whatever. He's looking for someone to bear his heart to. And he just says, I'm quitting pops. I, I just can't, I can't do that anymore. And what his dad said just kind of blew me away. Look, Vince, you know how I used to tell you about Van Buren scoring that touchdown back in 48. That touchdown got me through 30 years at that factory. Got me through all those times your mother being sick. I thought, you know what? I liked everything about that movie, except for that line. I mean, here I was expecting some great <laughs> word of wisdom, and he comes out with that one touchdown is what got me through 30 years of working at that factory. That one touchdown is got what got me through your mom's sickness. I'm thinking, he's looking to the wrong place. <laughs> I mean, if a, a game of any sort is the only thing that gets me through 30 years of, of working in a factory or going through a miserable sickness and, and death of my spouse, and all I have to look forward to is one touchdown that a guy made in a game, there's a lot more to look to. That's all I'm trying to say. We've made this thing bigger than what it's supposed to be. And if your team lost, I know that stinks. I know. I know what that's like. But on the other side of it, um, it's just a game. We got to remember it's just a game 
And and I know it's tough when your team loses, but it's just a game. And this this relationship with God that you want to have, and we beat ourselves up oftentimes and say, wish we could be better. And I guess that's better than the other side of it, where people are just so proud that they're doing so good. I, I think they're both extremes. I think they're they're both wrong. The truth is, God just wants to be our friend. It's amazing to me that he can be my boss. That's what Lord means, that he could be the guy that I commit my life to. He's a God who made me, but he also wants to be my friend. And he too wants us to play a game. It's called the game of life. <laughs> he wants us to play it with him. He He's fun. He's enjoyable. He's, he's amusing. He's deep. He's wise. He's fair. He's just. He's, he's everything good and beyond. Holds the universe in his hand and yet sits down on our porch and listens to us talk about how we want to quit. But we can't. Don't do it. Don't let the game of life get you down. We can get so worked up over politics, so worked up over a game that we can even be divisive with each other. You'll notice I'm a Packer fan, but I rarely ever mention that because it's so it's so funny how we can become so separated. Get we can stereotype somebody. Oh, they're you know they're an Eagles fan. They're a Vikings fan. They're a Oh, they're a Patriot fan. So we can just say, we don't want to listen to anything they have to say and whatever. You know, a game isn't meant to divide us. It's meant to bring us together. That's why you play a game to bring you together. I'm Republican. I'm Democrat. I'm I'm Tea Party. <laughs> you know, let's remember what's really important and focus on that. And you know what's really important? Our people and the God who made them. What's really important is that friendship, that relationship with God. And if you don't have one of those, all you have to do is say, God, I want to be your friend. Teach me how to be your friend. When I ask people, how's your relationship with God going? How's your friendship with God going? It almost always goes in one direction. Almost always, 90-something percent of the time, I would say. They'll say something like, oh, not that good. I haven't been in the Word much lately. I haven't been reading the Bible much lately. Or, man, I just haven't been praying that much lately. Or they'll say, I'm doing really well. I've been in, I've, I've, I've read the Bible for 17 days straight. <laughs> like to me, that just seems silly. It seems like we've made this bigger than what it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Talking to God is important. Reading his letter, his, his Facebook page, his, his Instagram page, his, his Snapchat. That's what the Bible is. It's God's social media trying to tell us something for that day, trying to give us the quote for the day, trying to tell us how he's feeling. That's that, that the Bible is, it's alive and living and active. The Bible says that about itself. But when I talk about my relationship with my wife, I'm not like, well, I don't know. It's been three weeks since we've been on a date or really well because you know what we've sat down and had coffee every morning 17 days in a row and so I just really no you ask me how I'm doing with my wife I analyze on a whole different matter in John 15 15 Jesus says I no longer call you servants I call you friends the reason he does that because he wants us to relate to him like we relate to friends we are his spouse we are the bride of Christ if you've started a friendship with him the Bible calls us the bride of Christ how I treat my spouse and how I look at my view, my spouse, my relationship with her, that's how he wants me to view my relationship with him and vice versa. How I view my relationship with him is how he wants me to view my relationship with my spouse. So don't make this thing bigger than what it is. 
God made you. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And he wants to show up in the garden of your life and help you through it. He wants to sit down on your front porch. And when you're ready to quit and you sit down and you talk with him, just like Mark Wahlberg did, Vince Papali did with his dad on that porch and say, I just going to quit. I'm just not making a difference. I just don't know if I can do this, God. He's going to sit down and listen to us and he's going to comfort us. And he's going to say, don't you quit. I need you in this game called life. Someone happy, make just one someone happy, and you will be happy too. Thanks for listening. Hey.